We are a part of a mission and a movement that is changing the world. And uh, I'm so honored and excited to have you here and connected with Bell Shoals and what God is doing in and through this incredible faith family. What a privilege to see people baptized today. What a privilege to see a testimony of God's radical grace today. Uh, Man, we have so much to celebrate. And this is a special day in the life of our church. This is the day we call Serve Sunday. It's a new initiative where we're, we're encouraging all of you to employ what God has given to you in his kingdom service, because there is nothing better than making a difference for King Jesus. There's nothing better than being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. There's nothing better than, than investing in those things and initiatives and endeavors that will literally echo into eternity. And that's what we are all about here at Bell Shoals as a part of the mission and movement of the kingdom of Christ. You know, I, I love college football. I know many of you do too. And, um, and, and I, I love going to college football games. There's nothing better in my view, just the pageantry and the tradition and the bands and the fans and all that stuff. And I can't wait to get back this year. I know many of you will head up to the swamp or to uh, uh, Florida State, USF. I heard Miami still has a team. And so maybe some of you will go down to Miami to watch a game or wherever you like to watch a college football game. But it's, uh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, whenever I go to a game, I, I have to tell you, like, there's a, there's a part of me that, that, that's hoping that the head coach looks up into the stands and says, hey, Corey, get down here. We need you. <laughs> Probably never going to happen. Man, I would love to play on the field, though. That would be so amazing. I heard, I heard somebody say, actually, college football is simply, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> something that 80,000 people who need exercise observe and 22 people who need rest participate in. <laughs> That's probably true. I'd love to participate, though be so cool to be out there on that field, be surrounded by the fans, to hear the band strike up when the touchdown is scored. It'd be amazing. You know, it, it, it's so much better to be in the game than watching the game. And that's how I see it. And, you know, if we, if we apply that to what's happening in terms of this movement, the same holds true. You know, it's fascinating in our culture because it's, it's really, really easy when it comes to the movement of the church, when it comes to the movement of God, when it comes to, to this incredible privilege that is ours to serve a king and a kingdom that will never end, it's actually become very, very easy to be a spectator and not a participant. It, it's gotten pretty easy to kind of fill a seat, to sit in the stands, to observe, to cheer, to go home, talking about how the head coach could be doing a much better job of he or she would only do this, 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 and this, right? It's so easy to just come to spectate like we do a college football game. But today on this special day, on this Serve Sunday, I wanna remind every single one of us, and those of you who are tuning in online as well, that following Jesus is not a spectator sport. Being a part of this movement, being a part of this kingdom, being a part of what God is doing in the world today has never been, and it is not now, a spectator sport. And so I wanna give you a simple truth today that is 
I believe, game-changing. I believe it's life-changing, and it's something I want to strongly encourage you to consider. I'm going to make it personal for every single one of us who are worshiping together today. Here it is. I am called to be a contributor, not a consumer. I am called to be a contributor, not a consumer. There's actually a foundational verse of scripture that points us in this direction that I think is so encouraging and so helpful. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter, you recall, was one of the closest followers of Jesus during Jesus' earthly ministry. And Peter was a bold witness for Jesus and did some incredible things after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And Peter wrote a letter. And, and in that letter, he's, he's writing to primarily a Jewish audience that's coming out of like an Old Testament system of worship and participation. And Peter says something that is radical. You have to put yourself in a situation of these first-generation Christians who are trying to figure out what it means now to have the power of the Holy Spirit within them, to serve a risen Christ, to be a part of a movement called the church. And now Peter writes, and he says this, and let me show it to you, 1 Peter 2, 9. He says, you are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that a beautiful description of our testimony? Every single one of us today who know Jesus as Savior, who have turned from our sin, who have embraced his grace. Listen, every single one of us have been delivered out of spiritual and eternal darkness, and we've been brought into his magnificent light. And Peter says, if that's your testimony today, you are a royal priesthood. And you need to understand why that's so significant because up to this point in Jewish history, worship happened primarily through the intercessory ministry of the priest. Worship happened at a strategic location called the temple. Worship happened through a sacrificial system that atoned for sins and brought forgiveness. You see, up to this point in human history and up to this point in Jewish history, worship always came through an intermediary, a human intermediary, a priest, a temple a system. And don't miss the power of what Peter says here. He says, you don't need a priest anymore. You don't need a temple anymore. You don't need a system anymore because you are a royal priesthood. You have direct access to the Father because all of us have a priest. In fact, he is the great high priest. His name is Jesus. And Jesus, yes, yeah, we celebrate that. Jesus is our high priest. And Jesus has brought you personally into direct fellowship with the God of this universe. You don't need a human priest anymore. You don't need a temple anymore. You don't have the need for a system anymore. You have a savior, you have a high priest, and he has indwelt you with his Holy Spirit. You have direct access to God, day or night, 24 seven, 365. You have a sacrifice in Jesus who shed his blood for your sin and conquered death, sin, hell, and the grave through his bodily resurrection. You don't need any human being to get you to God. Jesus has already done that for you. 
And the moment he filled you with his spirit, he made you and me a royal priesthood. And so you need to understand the power of that, the significance of that. God has given you his spirit, his son, and now, in this day and time, he is working powerfully through all of us collectively as we unite our hearts, as we unite our talents, as we unite our giftedness, as we unite our financial resources, our energies to make much of Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so let me bring some clarity then based on Peter's formative word that I think is needed in our society, our culture. All right, first of all, let me, let me just communicate this powerful truth that we don't go to church, we are the church. We don't go to church, we are the church. We are a royal priesthood. We are men and women of God's own possession. We possess gifts and enabling that is prompted and enabled by the Holy Spirit of God. We don't go to church, we are the church. Let me show you what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You ready for this? He says, you know, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Check this out. He said, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And then he concludes later on in that chapter, he says this, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part. In other words, hear what Paul is saying. Same thing Peter is saying. You don't, you don't go to church. You take church with you wherever you go. And this might be the most controversial thing I've said in a long time. So buckle up. <laughs> this building is not God's house. This facility is not God's house. This is God's house. This is God's house. And wherever you go, God goes with you. Wherever we meet and assemble, the church meets and assembles. And if this past year has taught us anything, it is this. Jesus Christ will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it because the church, yes, the church did not meet for three months in a building, but the church had church and the church grew and the church flourished. And we have people coming as a part of the church at Bell Shoals every single month, getting baptized, getting connected, lives being changed, who began to connect with Jesus and us through a pandemic when we weren't even gathering together in a building. Why? Because the church was having church. And the church was meeting. Yeah. And the church was serving. And the church was working, right? Now, I understand the significance of what we have. 
the privilege of making ministry happen with the facilities that we enjoy and the opportunities that are before us. I understand that culturally we, we talk about going to church. I get that as long as we understand that's just an expression, it's not the reality. No. We can no longer think, we should no longer think of church as something that's accomplished in one place by a few trained professionals. And the rest of us just observe and encourage and occasionally participate. That is not God's design for you. Jesus did not shed his blood, rise from the dead, ascend into heaven, save you from your sin, bring you from death to life, fill you with his spirit so that you can sit in a chair and spectate for the rest of your life. No, no, that's right, no. No, Jesus has equipped you, he has gifted you, he has inspired you by the presence of his spirit. That spirit will bring conviction of what's wrong and what's right. His spirit will bless and move as long as you are faithful to his word and his will. And Jesus has saved you, equipped you so that you can get in the game and you can make a difference for something better than a college football team. I'm talking about working for, serving alongside of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and a kingdom that will always win. You know, I, I sometimes run across reruns of, um, of some of Ohio State's best football games. You know, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan. If you're new to Bell Shoals, I grew up in the state of Ohio. And, and uh, every now and then I'll be scrolling through the channels and, and on, the, on the Big Ten Network, you know, they're rolling back some games. Do you know I only watch if I know we win? <laughs> Nobody wants to watch your favorite team lose. And it's just such an encouraging truth that Jesus has saved us, gifted us, filled us with the Spirit, called us to get out of the stands, into the game. And here's a guarantee. We are part of an initiative, a movement that is going to win and is currently winning. It doesn't always look like it. Some of you run out to Home Depot this week buying 45 gas cans, carrying out to your SUV. <laughs> I don't know, man, we live in a crazy world. It doesn't, it doesn't look like we're winning at times. Feels like for some of you, you're, you're deep into the third quarter, or you're in the middle of the fourth quarter and you're deep in your own side of the field, the, in the shadow of your own end zone. It just doesn't seem like you're gonna be able to pull out the win. I promise you, Jesus is going to win the game. And we are a part of a winning team. It's gonna happen. Don't always look like it. Doesn't always feel like it. But Jesus has saved you, gifted you, equipped you to get out of the stands, get in the game because you are the church. Do you realize that the church did not begin to meet in formal buildings until after Constantine legalized Christianity in 313 AD? Do you realize even today in persecuted places across the world, the church gathers in secret to meet no building no infrastructure. The church is not about buildings. The church is about a body. If you are a Christ follower today, you're a part of that body and Jesus saved you, equipped you, gifted you to use you. You don't go to church 
you are the church. Secondly, make a note of this. Every single part of the church is a necessary part. Paul talked about the fact that we're no longer a part of some temple building, you know, like we don't have to go to a trained specialist to get us to God. We don't, we don't embark in a system in order to get us right with God. No, we have a savior. We have a high priest. Okay. And so now he says that as a part of this body, every single one of us have a part to play. Let me show you what he says in verses 18 to 21 of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, check this out. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yeah, there are many parts, but only one body and the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you and the hand of the feet, I don't need you. Every single one of us have certain talents, certain capabilities, certain gifts and God's designed us all to work together. Like a football team, every single member of the team has value and is necessary to move the ball down the field to win the game. And so hear me, whether you're new to Bell Shoals, whether you've been here a long, long time, I I want you to understand you have a part to play. You're a valued member of the team. You have gifts, abilities, experiences that, 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 that Paul says right here in his word that, that should be utilized and leveraged for kingdom impact. We're all in this together. It takes all of us to maximize the impact that we're capable of having. Every single one of us. You say, but I don't do X, Y, Z. That's okay. Someone else does. And you're able to do and to serve in areas and in ways that someone else is not. That's the beauty of the body. Because following Jesus is not a spectator sport and you're uniquely gifted and talented to serve and make an impact. So let me give you just a, just a couple of quick takeaways here. And I'm gonna, I, I wanna walk you through how God's been working in our faith family this, this past year. First of all, I want you to understand God multiplies our collective serving, okay? We have some incredible opportunities for you to make a huge impact in our ministry and our community. I I just wanna encourage you to contemplate getting involved. I I want you to understand that in any area where you wanna try to jump in and make a difference, there are no strings attached. Our our staff team here will will not be offended if you partner with us one day, one week, one month, you turn around the next day, week or month, you're like, you know what, I just, I don't think that's for me. That, you know, that's, that's that's not where I best fit. Okay, no problem, no questions asked. We'll help you find that place, I promise you. But find your place. We have some incredible areas to serve, some, some, some areas where frankly, I, I wish, like when I was coming through as a teenager and a young adult, I could have jumped in and served. Listen, let, let me tell you one of, the, one, one of the best places you can connect if, if, if you, you say, you know what, I, I'm new to, to this faith family or maybe I'm, I'm new to serving. Uh, okay, can you smile? Some of you can, That's, I'm very impressed with that. Some of you can. Can you shake a hand? Can you wave? Can you hold a sign? Can you, can you open a door? You know, first impressions is one of the most strategic places where you can serve and make a difference. If you haven't noticed, we have approximately 4,878,000 doors at our branding campus. We have a lot of entry points. Just right here in our Brandon Worship Center, you know, we, we strive every single week for this to be one of the most welcoming places on planet earth. Notice I didn't say magical because I know where that place is, but we're trying to be welcoming, okay? 
Listen, we'd love to have you connect with our First Impressions team. I promise you, it's not overly taxing. If you can smile, say good morning, hold a door, greet someone in the parking lot, point them in the right direction, we'll train you, we'll meet with you. I'm telling you, it's just such a blessing to be a part of welcoming people into our faith family. One of the most strategic ministries we have with very low hanging fruit. Hey, jump in with us. Listen, here's the beautiful thing about COVID. I know we're coming through this now and it's about over and done with for us anyway, but here's the thing. Listen, if you don't even like to smile, we can now give you a mask with a smiley face on it and no one will know the difference. Isn't that amazing? We couldn't have done that like two years ago. People would thought you were weird. Now they'll think you're perfectly normal. Let me give you another awesome area of service with our tech and creative teams. You know, People only notice our tech team, our incredible volunteers. We have a whole army of volunteers that you never see on Sundays. We only notice them when things don't work right. But they do an incredible job every single week in the room with our live stream to make our services accessible and meaningful. And listen, maybe you have a little um, experience there, interested. We'd love to help get you on board. Our creative team is doing things that very few churches are doing across the country, incredibly gifted and talented. Maybe you'd like to learn more about videography, about social media, about communication. We'd love to have you. Maybe, you know, you're like, hey, I, 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 can, I can hold babies. I can change diapers. I can teach a little bit. I can encourage. We'd love to have you in our kids in preschool ministry. We have a growing number of families. And we love prioritizing. We do our kids, our preschoolers, our students, we'd love to have you connect with us and serve and make a difference. Maybe just connecting with us on a Sunday once a month in that way. Listen, worship ministry, we have an incredible worship ministry here. So many opportunities to, to, to be a part of that. Maybe life group leadership. Maybe some of you are good with leadership. Maybe it's organizationally, maybe it's teaching. We have great opportunities for you. Maybe it's care. Maybe you're a compassionate person. You're a praying person. We'd love to have you connect with our, our care ministry. We actually have an incredible team of associate care pastors that work with our staff to carry out meaningful care ministry all across our community. And then maybe it's sports. Listen, maybe it's coaching a team. Maybe it's just encouraging. We have a, a, a sports ministry I'm very, very excited about, led by a man in our church who's never, ever lost a game of anything that he's ever played. He's amazing. And if you can beat him at any game, then we will give you a million dollars of Monopoly money. But still, it would be a crowning achievement. Listen, maybe just, again, coach, maybe encouraging you. I'm just, here's my point. We have a bazillion opportunities. No exaggeration. (laughs) There are just so many ways you can make a difference. And I'd love to have you jump in the game. Because the church is sitting right here in this room. The church is gathering today online for those who couldn't be here. The church is not a building, it's a body. We are the church and every single part of us is a necessary part. And when we jump in and serve, I just want you to understand God multiplies our efforts. And so here's the deal. Let let me encourage you at some point this morning or this afternoon, just to text Bell Shoals to 77411 and, and, and we will get back with you this week and we'll just help facilitate a place to connect. That's it, no pressure. Stop by as you leave today to our round tables. We have an incredible team in first impressions and connections. They'll help you. 
But hey, let's all commit to do our part, to do something, to get in the game because God multiplies our serving. Also, let me say a a word here as well, that God multiplies our giving. God multiplies our giving. Another aspect of making a difference relates to our collective generosity. You see, we could not do what we do in the world. We couldn't do what we do in our community without not just our serving, but our giving. Because here's, here's, here's another principle we see throughout the scriptures in human history. Listen to me. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. You find this all throughout human history. God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. And Bell Shoals, you've been a tremendous blessing, not just in serving, but also in giving this past year. And for those of you who are displaying and increasing your gospel generosity, I want to say thank you. God's used you in a great way. And today we have published for you what we call our ministry action plan for the following year. Our fiscal year, our budget year actually runs June 1st to the end of May. And so we're coming to the end of this year's fiscal year. We're about to jump into our new year. And so we publish now for the next year, our ministry action plan. We have hard copies you can grab there on your way out of service today. But, but here's the thing, this past year, all right, June of last year to the end of this month, our budget was on the church side only, not academy, it was $8.3 million. And I'm thrilled to tell you that we will finish the year somewhere around 8.4 million, which is 60,000 over budget for the year. And, um, and we're grateful for that. That's an example of the church being the church. You say, Corey, what did you do to inspire that level of giving in a global pandemic? And I don't mean to brag or anything, but I have to tell you, I did nothing. (laughs) I told our staff, and they'll tell you this is true, that coming through the pandemic, the challenges, in fact, we didn't even meet for three months. It just felt wrong to come back and to start talking about giving on a regular basis. It just felt wrong to come back and say, all right, everybody, all right, everybody, all right, everybody. I just, you know what? Let's just, let's just see how God moves through his people. And if there's a need to address it, we will. And if there's no need to address it, we won't because we're gonna, we're gonna allow the spirit to work and move and pray for the spirit to work and to move and see if God's people rise to the occasion and you did. Say, what, what did our staff do? Nothing. We preached, we served, we worked tirelessly through a really challenging year. I would submit to you the most challenging year of ministry we've had possibly ever. And the church didn't stop being the church. (laughs) I hope no one calls me for an interview on this. It will literally be the worst interview in the history of Christendom. Tell us about Bell Shoals and their faithfulness to give through this pandemic. They're awesome. What tips or tricks did you use? Well, actually, I went with the strategy that less is more. And you know what I believe with all my heart to be true? I believe that not just our church, but I'm telling you, churches all across the country, friends of mine in ministry and in significant churches, you know what? We're seeing the same type of thing. You know what we're seeing? We're seeing a generosity surface that can only be explained by a a generous God who has worked in the human heart. That's what we're seeing. 
because I don't, I don't have friends who have come out with some major giving initiative or giving plan this year. You know what? We've, you know what we've seen? We've seen God's people rise to the occasion. Why? Because we're living for a kingdom that's not of this world. And I thank you. So, so listen, so we're going to finish the year over budget. We're grateful for that. But let, let, me tell you, let me tell you what else is good news, okay? We've been very, very careful and very, very conservative in this year to spend less than we've taken in, which we have. And we will have a significant surplus for the second year in a row. We, we are managing well. Our, our executive pastor, Scott Odom, our chief financial officer, Janelle Routh, are phenomenal people and, and leaders. And, and we're, we're in really, really good shape. And so I, I say all this to so you understand, as we move into the new fiscal year with another surplus, which will enable us to continue the important projects we plan, provide greater support to our missionaries and ministry partners around the world, and to reduce our debt at a much faster rate, we are so incredibly grateful. Listen, let me give you a good word about the debt. We have a little debt here uh, at Bell Shoals. And um, as I told you a few weeks ago, we're working on a plan and a refinancing option that will enable us, hear me on this, to be completely debt-free in under 10 years. And uh, we are well on our way to that. In fact, we are in the final stages of formalizing the process. And I hope to have an official announcement to you in just a few weeks. We believe this is another example of God's favor to us. And when I make the formal official announcement, I might do a little happy dance on stage if you would forgive me in advance. Because God is working and I'm praying for the finalization of this. We, we are very optimistic and excited. And so listen, today we're presenting a ministry action plan for the upcoming year. You'll notice a small increase in the budget proposal for both the church and the academy. Our academy has done incredibly well this year. I'm grateful to our leadership, our teachers, our staff. They have endured a challenging year, but they have come through it, posting growth and leading our families incredibly well. And so the church and academy, you will see a combined budget in our ministry action plan that reflects the growth we're seeing in both. You'll also notice, as you look at a comparison between last year and this year, what looks like reductions in some of our ministry and missions categories, but I want you to know that we have significant designated funds that we're applying in each of these categories for the upcoming year. So there will be no reduction in missions, no reduction in ministry categories for the upcoming year. We have surpluses, we have designated funds that we're applying, and this will help us to ensure conservatively that we navigate the remaining weeks and months of the pandemic and this unknown situation we're in in a way to where we'll have the margin and the conservative outlook to ensure financial health in the years to come. And at the same time, bring the funds to the table that we've set aside to pay down and ultimately pay off our debt. You'll also see on this ministry action plan, a global missions fund, which supports the majority of our missionaries and ministry partners. We'll operate on a $300,000 budget for the upcoming year. And um, I actually, am optimistic about a significant increase in our missions giving in the fall because we're gonna have an incredible emphasis across all of our campuses on missions and global missions this fall. Um, and, and we will continue to prioritize that. Listen, this past year, the one area where we've given more, applied more, the one area where we're, we're over on our spending is in the area of missions because we've had missionaries endure hardship. We've had missionaries with some challenging situations. We've had some missionaries come home because of some really taxing circumstances and Bell Shoals has stood in the gap and we have done several strategic things financially and relationally to encourage the incredible missionaries who are part of our faith family. We are so blessed to have literally some of the finest missionaries the world has ever seen as a part 
of this movement. And so here, here's the thing, God's working, God's moving, we're growing, um, we're, 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 we're carrying on the best of our ability, the mission that we have, because every single one of us are in it together. You see, we don't go to church, we are the church, and as the church, every single one of us has a part to play, and as we're playing our part, here's what's so beautiful about this, we, we accomplish more together than we could ever accomplish on our own, right? If each one of us jump in the game and serve the way we're capable of serving, man, the multiplication on our ministry just, it's profound. If we all, if we all do our part in displaying kingdom generosity, guess what, we can do more. A couple of months ago, I mentioned to you a, a new, just a financial initiative. This is over and above our budget, but just an opportunity called a Bold Moves Initiative. It's just about updating some of the facility that, that we have here at the Brandon campus to help us to maximize ministry in the days to come. We started with a room uh, in the upstairs of our kids' building that was um, just a, a challenging environment. We have now turned that into a worship space, a multi-purpose space. We've done it with our design team, our creative team, our facilities team. We have literally saved hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the, 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 the capabilities that our team has. And so let me, let me just show you some before and after. So that room a couple of weeks ago was done and introduced. So this is what it used to be. You get an idea there of, of what that section of our B building looks like. And when you walk in there now, this is what you see. Um, let me show you inside that room, all right? You walk in that room, this is what it used to be. It had some dividers and you can see basically the whole right side of it was storage. We said, hey, we're all about storage, but we're more about ministry. And so let me show you what that room looks like today. Um, incredible worship opportunity. We just love it. We're grateful. Absolutely grateful. <laughs> that, that's just a little bit of what's happening. I'm thrilled to report those of you with teenagers who you're, you're involved in the student ministry. We've been renovating uh, the student ministry building. That will be done in no more than two to three weeks. You will be blown away by that. We're then moving from the student building over to the rest of our kids' building. It will be completely renovated in the hallways and the check-in spaces. It'll be an awesome place for you to come check in your kids, your kids to get connected. You're gonna absolutely love it. Again, our team, our facilities team, our designers, we're doing it at a, man, just an incredibly low uh, spending rate because of the caliber of people we have on our team. And, and so listen, we're able to do it because of how we've been managing what God's entrusted to us and, um, and we'd like to do more. And so I wanna encourage you, if you're able to give over and above even your tithe, then to join us in the Bold Moves Initiative because here's like where we'd like to go next. We'd also like to go to what we call the Annex, which means horrible living conditions in the Greek. And, and we'd like to get into, that's, that's our adult education building. We've already done two rooms. We'd like to do the whole annex. We can do it with just a little bit more help. We'd like to do a few other things, but that's the next major project we wanna to get to. We'd like to get there this fall. With your help, we can get there. I just want you to understand, we believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. We believe that we can do more together than alone. We believe that God has saved us, equipped us, gifted us, given us income, all of these things so that together we can make a difference for this mission and a movement that's literally like none other. And maybe you're new to Bell Shoals and you haven't jumped into giving yet. I totally get it, no problem. This is an opportunity for you to spend some time this week navigating your budget and jumping into the game. I promise you, God will always honor your generosity. 
I have seen in my life, in my family, God multiply generosity in ways that can only be explained by his grace and his provision. You see, this past year, coming to the end of this budget year, this past fiscal year, check this out, Bell Shoals had 1,888 unique giving units, individuals, families. We had 1,888 unique givers. The average annual gift was $4,935, which is awesome. But let me show you the power of multiplication, all right? If moving forward for the rest of this year and the years to come, if those of us who aren't giving jump in the game, and if those of us who are and we're able to bump that up just by 10%, just what we're giving, so $490 a year, $40 a month, check this out. If every single one of us just move the needle on what we're doing, that, that the net result will be 925,000 additional dollars being leveraged for ministry just this year. Just 1,888 people across the Bell Shoals family saying, you know what, $40 more a month. If every single one of us do that, if those who aren't in the game yet jump in the game, I mean, literally it will change the game for how ministry happens through this faith family. See, it's not about one of us, it's not about two of us, it's not about five of us, it's not about 10 of us, it's about all of us. And when all of us jump in the game out of the stands, we serve, we give, we invest, God multiplies it. He multiplies it. Because we're called not to be consumers, but we're called to be contributors. And so, and so here's the thing, we're a body, we're gifted in each each of us in different ways to make the whole body work efficiently and effectively. And then let me just give you one more last, just one more last word here, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, and we do all of this working together in love. You see the parts that are represented in this room today and online are parts designed to work together in love. You, you know, at the very end of 1 Corinthians 12, the apostle Paul says, but let me show you a better way. He talks about this one body, church in the, in the building, it's a body. He talks about this body with many parts, every part a valuable part. And then he says, and let me show you the, a, a, a better way of how these parts work together. You ready for this? this? is amazing. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I'd be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I, and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, right? But I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And that's when he goes on to talk about love is patient, you know, and You're familiar with this passage from your wedding. Can I give you my second most controversial quote of the day? This chapter on love isn't about your wedding, primarily. It's about the church. Paul didn't give us 1 Corinthians 13 to be read at a wedding. He gave us 1 Corinthians 13 to be a mandate of how we're gonna carry out gospel ministry. Because he says, you can carry out your role, but if you're mean, you're nasty, you're critical, you're selfish, you're like a, like a clanging cymbal. Well, Rhett's not back there yet. I was hoping he'd join in on that. 
says, but when we work together in love, we're unstoppable. Would you agree with me that so many in our country right now have lost their minds? I was with a group of pastors a few weeks ago, some of the, some of the greatest leaders in our country. And I was stunned to learn that every single one of them testified that this past year was the hardest year of ministry they've endured. Some of them said, I thought about getting out. Man, I know you felt that too. And when I look at 1 Corinthians 12, I understand, and you need to understand this, you cannot read 1 Corinthians 12 without reading 1 Corinthians 13. They go together. Those chapter divisions are not inspired. And Bell Shoals, what that means for you and me is that we need to get in the game and we need to be a body that's serving and giving and channeling energy and resources toward the kingdom of God. But listen to me, we need to do it in love. And if there's ever a time for the church to show the radical love of Jesus, it's right now because the light of Jesus' love displayed through every single one of us will be brighter than at any point in my lifetime. Because with all the hatred and, and all the animosity and all of the tension, when the church rises up to serve and to give and to love the way the church and only the church can rise up to serve and live and give and love, I'm telling you, people will notice. They'll see a radical generosity that doesn't make any sense in a pandemic. They'll see a people serving others and loving others and showing grace and kindness, even in disagreement or misunderstanding that doesn't make any sense. Stuff they don't see on TV, stuff they don't see in their workplace. And maybe they'll just ask, how can this be? And we say, I'll tell you how it can be through the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and him alone. That's how it can be. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So in this upcoming year, I'm telling you, here in just a couple of weeks, man, we're moving past the pandemic. And we're gonna be sensitive and gracious and wise. But we're not gonna move past or graduate from our role to serve, to give, and to love. Because that's what Jesus has called us to do. And so I wanna encourage you, if you would, today to get out of the stands, get into the game. Man, God's doing amazing things at Bell Shoals. He's doing amazing things through his church all around the world. I'm telling you this, Jesus is gonna to continue to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 